This is a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. It is 7.08. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. Up next, a device that makes reading and books more accessible to the visually impaired community. So... This device is called BraillePad and it really is quite cool. It's a customizable 3D printed device that essentially works to make Braille books more accessible, more portable. It was invented by a group of students from Taylor's University. They were called Team Visionaries and What's interesting is that the team was made up of students from the engineering, medical and business schools. So I did speak earlier to the people behind BraillePad on what this device can do, how they came together to make it happen. Here's that interview. Joining me today are Associate Professor Dr. Chu Huiling from the School of Engineering, Faculty of Innovation and Technology at Taylor's University, as well as Alentino Raven, BraillePad student and innovator from Team Visionaries. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Shamila. So, um, Alan, let's start with, um, well, actually, can you help us get a sense of how visually impaired students learn in schools and how reliant are they on Braille books? What are the challenges they experience in the learning process? Right. For the visually impaired students, challenging lives begins at an early age with tasks such as reading and writing being hampered. So they rely on Braille books as their primary source of education. And the production of Braille books the traditional way of printing this Braille book, they take, it takes a lot of time and therefore limiting it as accessibility for students to the, visually, uh, to the Braille books. And the, secondly, the cost of Braille books are very expensive because the machines that are used to produce these Braille books are very costly, can reach about 150 US dollars just for a single machine. Therefore, and the production of these Braille books are very labour-dependent as well, which increases the cost of these Braille books. And therefore, these traditional Braille books are very limited in numbers, especially those visually impaired community who are underprivileged, who cannot afford these books as well. And lastly, Braille books, traditional Braille books are very heavy because the materials that are being used to produce these original Braille books are heat-resistant papers, which are very thick. Therefore, not being able for students to, be, to carry these books around, especially back home, which hampers their ability to engage in self-study or complete their assignment outside of classrooms. And I understand that the challenges experienced by visually impaired students can then cause a disparity when it comes to access to learning, uh, access to learning resources, the delayed acquisition of knowledge. And this, of course, can later have an impact on future prospects, limiting their career as well as academic potentials. Could you help us understand all this better? The main goal why BraillePad was invented because students do not have their individual, especially the visually impaired students, they do not have their individual copies of textbooks, therefore hindering their autonomy on learning. Unlike us for the visually impaired, uh, for the visually impaired, they cannot readily access any study-specific materials at their convenience, therefore limiting their independence and flexibility on learning. And compared to the cited community, us, the visually impaired community, their education are confined to the classroom, so their classroom-based learning, therefore no access to education or knowledge outside of their classrooms. And access to new information and educational resources are very delayed for the visually impaired community because printing Braille books takes time. So from the time when the new access, new information comes up to the time when these books are actually printed, 
it's very time consuming and there's a time lag between the production of the books and the new information. Therefore, putting a disadvantage compared to their sighted peers who have a quick access to this knowledge, especially like us, where there's something new that comes up yesterday, we could probably find it today on the newspaper and mm. easily accessible for us. So therefore, this leading to a disparity between the visually impaired community and the sighted community. Which brings us to BraillePad, right? Because you proposed BraillePad as an alternative to Braille books uh, because of these challenges that visually impaired students experience in their learning, uh, learning process. Let's talk about how BraillePad works. What are some of its primary functions? So our ultimate goal is for every student to have individual copies and the visually impaired no longer have to rely on scarce and expensive Braille books, therefore having equal access to educational materials. So the main goal, how the main process of how this Braille pad is produced, the main technology behind it is 3D printing. So what the method of 3D printing that we use for those listeners who are aware is the fuse deposition method, uh, fuse deposition modeling method. And the material that we used in this 3D printing is the polylactic acid, it's called the PLA in short. So this material that makes BrillePad biodegradable, lightweight and affordable. So this material is the most important component in the 3D printing that we're using. So the entire textbook is 3D printed from the cover to the to the casket to the pages of the books. From the beginning, an online software that is really available online, it's used to convert the books that we're reading today for the cited community. It's used to convert these books to an STL file, which is a language that the 3D printers understand. And these files are then uploaded into the 3D printers and the books are printed as soon as possible. So what makes BrillePad interesting is that currently throughout our years on developing BrillePad, currently we are on our third version of BrillePad and this um, device, the third version, is sleek and compact in design. So it's very portable and this allows study, learning and reading learning materials for the visually impaired at their convenience, therefore fostering independence for the visually impaired community, especially students. And the production of BrillePad is a very short time compared to the traditional braille book printing. We can produce up to a single book in a day compared to the traditional process which takes months for a single book production. So students can enjoy up-to-date learning, reading and resources as soon as possible and keeping pace with the latest information and knowledge. And lastly, BrillePad is also customizable with the use of 3D printing so students can on demand read and have their braille books printed whenever they need to. And this BrillePad has also achieved three sustainable goals in its development, which is good health and well-being, reducing inequalities, and quality education, which makes BrillePad a biodegradable product. As I mentioned, we use PLA, the polylactic acid. So it makes the entire textbook recyclable and reusable. Therefore, different reading materials can be used on the same device. Therefore, we're moving towards a more eco-friendly approach as well for the visually impaired community. We'll continue that conversation about BraillePad after a quick break, so stay tuned. BFM 89.9. BFM 89.9, the business station. It's 7.15. You're listening to the Evening Edition with Sharmila. We're continuing our conversation with Alentino Raven, BraillePad student innovator from Team Visionaries and Associate Professor Dr. Chu Hui Ling from the School of Engineering at Taylor's University. Now, Dr. Chu, I cannot pretend to understand all the technicalities <laughs> behind all this, but it is part of the multidisciplinary learning process that, uh, you know, students at Taylor's get, right? And you've been overseeing this. Uh, this involves students from the School of Engineering, Medicine, Business. You're the advisor of the project from the start. From an academic perspective, what sort of support or guidance was provided um, in being able to bring this project to life? Uh, yes, Shamila, you're right. Um, 
So uh, Taylor's University, you know, it has a very um, conducive environment for learning. So through our Taylor Sphere, uh, which is in the, in the third year already, right, uh, we provide students with a very holistic education uh, ecosystem, and provide them with a journey through their education, right. So um, what we want from the student is when they graduate, they they have a clear sense of a purpose of what they want to do. Uh, what they want to contribute to the society and the local communities. Okay, um, and this ecosystem is also uh, very good because it empowers us academic staff and also the uh, industry professionals that we work with to to guide the students to you know to ensure they are more purpose driven. Uh, what they want to what changes they want to see uh, in the world around them. Yeah, so. Um, so part of this Taylor sphere is multidisciplinary learning experience, uh, or we call it for short the MLE. So uh, this MLE is actually compulsory for all undergraduate programs uh, in the university. So students will have the chance to go through at least once uh, throughout their studies, right? So um, this team is of course multidisciplinary, as you mentioned, yeah. And I think they have done, you know, through this ecosystem, they have done really, really well. Um, and of course, besides uh, what we've mentioned, MLE, uh, in terms of uh, other support, uh, the School of Engineering, we also uh, have uh, what we call the Engineering Fair or our Eureka Conference, where we allow students to showcase their innovation to the public. And in the university level, we also have something we call the Innovation Festival, which is uh, twice a year. So again, students can take part to show their creativity, their innovation uh, to the public, to everyone in, in, the, in the campus, right? So in terms of uh, supervisor, because it's an MLE, MLE environment, we have supervisors from myself, like engineering background. We also have supervisors from uh, medical background. So I think this works very well seamlessly, uh, where we can provide different input to the students uh, based on our own experiences that we uh, that we have, right? Um, and I think lastly, we also have uh, what we call a, a BISPOT, which is what the project is going through now. So it helps the students to, uh, you know, I, I, to market their, their product, right? So we know that uh, BrillePad is, 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 is good for, yeah. Uh, another thing we have in the university is what we call the BISPOT, so it basically helps a student to improve uh, their product, to improve their marketing, to, uh, to make this a more successful business model so that you know, there is a continuity and sustainability for us to produce a BrillePad to, uh, to provide more positive change to the visually impaired community. Right? And I think because of all the support the students have, uh, this project has won many international awards, you know, starting from the Medical Grand Challenge uh, run up in, in Singapore uh, to the Malaysian Technology Expo earlier this year. We have won actually double award under the Youth Innovation Challenge. And we also have an international award, uh, Print Lab and Autodesk Makeable this year. Uh, we are the winner for best use of 3D printing. And also very recently, uh, we will announce a national run up in the James Dyson Award. Mm. So I think yeah, that is a very good achievement uh, for this group of students. <laughs> Alan, what kind of research went into creating this? So, um, as shared by Dr. Chu and also part of the Taylor Sphere uh, curriculum, we were given the opportunity to visit the Malaysian Association for the Blind. So, as part of a medical school, as, and I'm a medical student, so we, during our optalmology posting, so to be um, 
simple I was doing an IDI posting so we were given the opportunity to visit this community the visually impaired community and when we were at the Malaysian Association for the Blind we were taken to the production room where these books are printed so when me and my colleagues when we went into this room we saw the entire process of how these books are being printed and also shared um, by the briefing of the person in charge of the room so they told us they gave us an explanation how these books are produced from scratch and looking at the entire process it was a very hectic, labor-dependent and backdated process because it was a very small room and that's the only centre that's printing books for the entire Malaysian schools for the visually impaired community. And just two machines, there are two large machines, small room and multiple boxes of books. So just as a conversation with my friend, and he started off just a bit of research, what's going on with this uh, printing, what technology, I mean, what are the machines there? Because all they said was a printing machine, but it looks very huge. So um, this conversation between my friends, and then I started speaking to my uh, friends who are from different disciplines, such as the school and engineering. And what started as a conversation, then my friend from the school of engineering, he suggested, why not? we tried 3D printing these books instead because that's the latest technology and that's something part of the curriculum that they are learning in their school of engineering as well. And when we tried 3D printing and he suggested to be to use the filament, like I mentioned, the PLA, so um, it came out, we came out with BrillePad with 3D printing and despite different backgrounds of, um, of all of us, the school of engineering, school of medicine, school of business, it was a challenging process to understand the thought process of all of us, but eventually it was a very fun um, thing to do and we finally came up with BrillePad and we were able to build chemistry based on each other's forte and we believe all of us made a strong team. So what started as a conversation between five friends now is a marketable and novel solution that aims to address the three sustainable development goals, which is good health and well-being, reducing inequality and quality education. Dr. Chu, I understand though uh, that in the beginning stages, Alan and Team Visionaires faced some challenges. Um, how were these addressed? Yeah, um, so as with any new projects, um, especially with BrillePad, that has never before, you know, we have ne mm. never seen this in the market or anywhere before. They're bound to have lots of uh, uncertainties and challenges, right? So, in terms of uh, the design, itself, you know, we have no idea what it will look like. Uh, so there were a lot of brainstorming going on between the students and the supervisors uh, of the project. And also, we want to also understand what are the requirements? What, what do the visually impaired really want? Uh, what, are the, what are their needs? Right? So some of these, as mentioned by Alan, uh, is through visiting um, the Malaysian Association for the Blind, where we interview, talk to the to the visually impaired people. Uh, we talk to the people working there. What are the some of the things they would like to see? So that informed us to have a you know a more, at least a better design, a first version design, to try to encapsulate all the requirements. And of course, later on, uh, as what Ellen has mentioned as well, in terms of. How are we going to, what materials are we going to use? How are we going to manufacture this? Uh, it's not uh, as simple as just clicking a button and it makes everything for us. So we still have to decide uh, how are we going to manufacture it? You know, what parameters should we use? So there were a lot of testing done, especially on the brill itself. You know, the casing design, I think it was... Uh, it was not as challenging as the brill itself because uh, we... When we tested the first version, uh, we have a lot of feedback uh, from the visually uh, impaired 
person as well. You know, in terms of the roughness, the hardness, you know, it, maybe it can scrape their finger because it's a rigid material mm. that we're using. So based on all this feedback, uh, we come back and we discuss and brainstorm again. How do we do the design? How do we change? And I think in the end of the day, we came up with a, with a, a version that is acceptable uh, to the visual impact and we even shown it to uh, others who are uh, in special education and you know they they really like the feel uh, of of the new pages that we have printed is softer than before the quality is better yeah and i think uh, yeah there's some of the challenges uh, that we have and we managed to work as a team yeah Alan, overall, how do you hope that this innovation will impact and change the learning process for visually impaired students? So the aim of, for us, ultimately for BraillePet, is to reduce the inequality in terms of access to education and knowledge for the, between the visually impaired community and the sighted population. So by providing an affordable and accessible Braille material, it ensures knowledge is equally accessible to all members of the visually impaired community, regardless of their financial background. And one of the key aspirations for BraillePad is to see every student to have an individual copy of textbook or a BraillePad, therefore enhancing the education um, experience and also overall quality of life. It, the impact of BraillePad extends beyond school as well. We did not only focus during their school term, but we aspire to empower the blind community to have more promising career pathways in their future. So when individuals e have equal access to knowledge and education at a very young age, with BraillePad among the visually impaired community, they are better equipped to pursue higher education and vocational training, therefore ultimately increasing their employability and prospects in the job market today. A final thought from each of you. Dr. Chu? Um, so um, I think through this success of this project, I hope there are more students and people everywhere you know, uh, will try to create more impact to the environment, to the society around them. Uh, before I was involved in this project, uh, to be honest, I had no idea the what is the development in terms of BrailPad. Uh, we we always imagine that you know everything around us will improve with technology, and it's not until I actually found out that they are still way far behind in terms of technology, whereas everyone else has advanced, and that's created inequality in the first place. So I hope that you know students and everyone can go out and explore, uh, you know things around them and you know just try to create a positive change for them. For me, we hope that we'll be able to contribute to the visually impaired community and blind community and by launching our product into the market and replacing the dated manufacturing process, as I've mentioned just now, on the Brailbrook production. Though our product idea and prototype is very feasible, there are some fine tunes that we need and it's currently being done to on its design and functionality, therefore before releasing it into the market. Therefore, by upholding the fourth sustainable development goal, which is quality education, we aim to provide further accessibility in education for the visually impaired community worldwide. Dr. Chu, Alan, thank you for speaking with me today. Thank, thank you. you. That was Alan Tino Raven, Braille Pad student innovator from Team Visionaries and Associate Professor Dr. Chu Hui Ling from the School of Engineering at Taylor's University, speaking to us about Braille Pad, which makes Braille content, Braille books and so on, more accessible through a 3D printed device. That's it um, on that interview. Keep it here on the Evening Edition, BFM 89.9. You have been listening to a podcast from BFM 89.9, The Business Station. 
For more stories of the same kind, download the BFM app.